it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So, here I am with Louisa Van Bessen, and yet again, I checked that I'd pronounced that right. I have developed a complete paranoia about pronouncing names wrong. Um, now, Louisa and I met on LinkedIn, which, as you will now have gathered, is a bloody good place to meet incredibly interesting people. Uh, Louisa and I are going to talk about all sorts of fascinating stuff. We will delve into some very human stuff as well. And that's good because we're all humans. Louisa describes herself as a consultancy slash mentor slash provider of VA services. And that really is just words. So I'm going to say, hi, Louisa, you, you tell us a bit more about what you do. Hi, Tricia. Um, firstly, thank you very much for having me. I'm very, very excited. Um, so my business has evolved quite a lot. Um, but essentially, there's almost like different elements to my business in terms of me working with clients from a more strategic perspective, whether that be helping them um, with brainstorming ideas of how to kind of push their business forward. Um, you know, it's like when you have been like your first 12, 18 months of business or even longer, you can kind of feel a bit like, I've got no idea, you know, you've either turned a hobby into a business and you don't understand how the principles all fit together. So sometimes just having that, um, I describe myself, I guess, as a virtual business partner in many ways, just because partnering with me is kind of a better way of rather than feeling isolated and like, oh, my God. Um, then there's the mentoring side, um, which mentoring, business mentoring, depends on what the what you need mentoring with. Um, and then also VA, so for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it means virtual assistant. Um, so I've worked as an executive assistant myself, um, and now I have a team of associates that support me and my clients um, providing virtual assistant support in a nutshell. Fabulous. Got it. In a nutshell. And, and I actually know from the uh, user experience of, Louis, <laughs> of having Louisa look at my... At my website homepage, which has been an interesting journey for me, my website, and I know I'm not alone in that. Like you just said, you're there, um, sort of transitioning into something and getting all weirded out about, you know, what do I sound like? Is this professional enough? Is it not? Pro oh, it's a nightmare. Having that, the kind of eye for detail that Louisa has, I tell you, it's something, it's yes, something yes. else. It's, whoa, I mean, she was spotting things that I honestly have been there for two years. And I thought, no, why is that there? You're quite right. That makes no sense. So I love that. I love that about Louisa. She's beautifully, can I use the word sort of geeky? Can I say that? Sure. I was going to say brutally honest, but. Oh yeah, no, brutally geeky. honest. That's actually a much more descriptive way of putting it. Brutally honest. And In a constructive type of way, I hope. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, very constructive. And that's what we need. That's what we need. We don't want somebody just saying, uh, you know, you don't want to just take your stuff to your best friend. And say, oh, it's really lovely. Oh, you're so clever. So, no, we need brutal honesty. So, I mean, talk, talking about brutal honesty, um, I was reading an article, actually, of Louisa's uh, on LinkedIn. 
and it was it was describing her journey with all sorts of physical and mental challenges and actually let's just start there because i know that humans struggle with knowing how much of this they should share and yet weirdly we are all going through challenges and somehow we think everybody else has got it together and so i think it was really good the way you shared some of your journey and what what are the key you've act, the thing is that we all learn when we go through challenges we yeah. all learn along the way so so give give us a potted history of your life no that's ridiculous you know you know what i mean um so okay so what was the inspiration for that story was because it was world mental health day um last year and i i've been for a lot in my life and there's always so much talk and like in the lead up to World Mental Health Day about the person that's going through it. Um, so the person that's dealing um, and, and stuck in that kind of world where you feel like you can't escape for whatever reasons. Um, but then for those of us who are also at times living with somebody who had severe depression and was suicidal, it's incredibly difficult um, to living with someone that's going through that because the emphasis is on the person that's going through it and not the supportee and unfortunately it's the supportee who gets the full brunt, brunt, brunt I can't even speak now <laughs> you know the full force of it um in whatever means and it's not intentional because if someone's got severe depression they don't realize what they're saying and how their actions are impacting others um and it can have a massive impact on the closest to them so that was kind of the driving point um, for it. And just to kind of share a bit of my story, because I think sometimes, A, people look at me and think I'm considerably younger than what I am. And when it comes to business and you you know your stuff, but sadly people do make assumptions on how someone looks and how they sound and all the rest of it. And it was almost a bit of a way of saying, look, you know, I might look like I'm 20. Okay, maybe not 20, but you know, I had just turned 40 last year and I have got life experience and I have been through so much. So I have got chronic fatigue syndrome. But um, when I was six, 17, um, yeah, 16 maybe, um, I suffered with um, glandular fever and it really put me out from September through to the February, March time, literally um, impacted my brain. Um, so I'd start, I had been having driving lessons, so I must have been 17 actually. Um, and I couldn't remember what I'd learned and it was just ridiculous. And so obviously I stopped learning to drive and um, fortunately I'd, I'd stayed on in the sixth form at school. So they were really supportive of me and it made it so much easier. Um, but after I tried glandular fever, I never actually felt like, oh, I'm full of energy. You know, I've got all this in me now. Um, I was always really, really tired. And then I went off to uni. Um, and I was tired and I would sleep and I'd want to nap like in the afternoon and I'd go to the doctor, oh, you're a student. And it, it was that perceived um, that I'm going out drinking. And of course, you know, maybe there was a little teeny tiny bit of that. But no, I knew myself that it was basically from um, being tired and they just wouldn't ever take me serious. So after finishing uni, I relocated actually down to the uh, sunny climates of Dorset, where Trisha is from. And um, I registered with a doctor, they did some tests and they found out I'd got um, an undirected thyroid, which means that basically I was 
knackered. <laughs> um, and that was in 2001. And so I've been on medication ever since then. Um, I still never felt like full of, I don't know, pizzazz, I guess is the word. Um, then I went off traveling 2003, 2004 around the world. I was fine and it was really strange and I didn't feel the tiredness that I'd felt and I was thinking maybe it's the weather you know you hear about sad and all that kind of stuff um but I think it was more the fact that I was able to pace myself and so you know I didn't have to worry about work even though I worked briefly but it was more that I was doing stuff in my own time I could get up when I wanted the weather was obviously very different and the lifestyle was very different because I was traveling um so I get back to the UK still really really tired um, and then I think it was in 2007, maybe. Yeah, it must've been 2007. Um, I kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to the doctors. Um, and one day she decided to test me for a B12 deficiency. Lo and behold, I have a B12 deficiency. Again, it makes you shattered. <laughs> um, so I have to have injections every 10 weeks and that's been going on for like 12 years, 13 years now. Um, still didn't feel full of energy um, and it was just crazy um, kept going back and forth to the doctors um, I was tested for all sorts of stuff oh you know it could be something I picked up whilst I was traveling nah um, and eventually um, I was working for Standard Life and as part of the healthcare um, I got private medical insurance free which is amazing so I used that I was referred to see a private consultant and he diagnosed me with mild chronic fatigue syndrome and it's amazing what a label can do. Um, it, it's not a label to kind of make yourself feel pitiful, but it's just having that label. And I'm the sort of person that likes to understand what something means, because then if I understand what it is, I can do something about it. I'm not the sort of person that's going to let life stop me at all. Um, so I was referred to um, a chronic fatigue clinic in where I'm in Dorset and I had CBT and um, I learned lots of really interesting and useful stuff such as how um, fight or flight mode works, fuel burst, the fact that I was like this battery that was constantly living on empty and kind of how strategies I guess to manage that. Well, actually, that you see, that's the thing. I mean, that's quite a story. And um, my husband has had chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, I, I kind of get this. The, yeah, I get some of the story, but the, the tiredness thing is a big, big deal. And also, what you said, interestingly, about labels is and assumptions is all very uh, part of this journey as well that you've been on. And of course. I think this is the thing. It seems to me one of the fascinating people that I meet and have these conversations with have, and this probably applies to nearly all of us, have had these, have had various challenges to deal with. And of course, when you, when you, keep, you do push yourself through these situations, and that doesn't mean being brave and putting on a front because that's a hideous thing to do because that all comes crashing down if you do that too much but of course being open to what you then learn during the process so you've just touched on something really interesting which is you know that you had this let's actually just unwrap what cbt is because it's all very well throwing these words out so that's cognitive therapy behavior yes cognitive behavioral was it <laughs> Cognitive behaviour therapy. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> um, cognitive behavioural therapy. If you don't know much about it, look it up, listeners, because it's 
very, very interesting. And it's so it's really human. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think I think there's a difference between, you know, when I was talking about uh, living with someone with severe mental health, they had counselling, they were just very dismissive about CBT and stuff. When they actually finally did go for CBT, they found it amazing. And it's because it, it it's so different to counselling. <laughs> isn't it? It's just a completely world apart from that. And, you know, for me, it was touching about the fact of fight or flight mode and how your body reacts to stuff. You know, if you're feeling stressful and I'd get like really hot and sweaty and stuff like that. And, and it, it's kind of, it makes you think, oh, okay. Okay. So this is what I need to do. And it also made me realize what were the, the, um, the court, the root causes of when my um, chronic fatigue flares up. And for me, it comes down to, um, so when with chronic fatigue, it's a mixture of potentially like an illness and um, oh, I've forgotten the official terms, like, um, like the fact I'm a perfectionist, um, I'm, uh, the, my personal personality traits, you know, that's kind of linked with the health mm. bit and it's, a mix of those that can kind of cause it. So for me, it was about understanding what was causing those flare-ups and it was emotional stress. That was the biggest flare-up and it made me completely reevaluate my life. Some might say I had a, um, a midlife crisis at the age of 30, but I completely changed my life. I left the person I'd been living with for however many years and relocated. <laughs> Yeah. you know and and then but from the strategies that i'd learned i now know the importance of balance and that is what is massively important yeah let's let's dig down into balance because the, i mean especially a lot of the listeners i know are like us running a business sort of basically on their own uh, but with yeah. with resources like yeah but um but the balance thing is 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 huge now i you see the relinquishing control thing to me is is quite a big thing i think for people in this situation um and the other thing i want you to um expand on a bit which you mentioned when we were chatting before this was and it, it's a good place to start actually we're bombarded with messages about success being successful okay so this is stress number one coming at us from the world um, where we find ourselves thinking, oh, I've got to be this, I've got to be that, got... and not stepping back and thinking, well, hang on a minute, what, what, what's my definition of success? So this is something that you, you did to yourself, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it was interesting, before Christmas, um, someone was trying to persuade me to join their group, um, a paid group, and I kind of said, well, you know, this is where I am. I know what I actually want to achieve. I'd spoken to someone in that group and they actually felt that wasn't right for me. But they kind of came back to me and said, well, this person in my group has managed to quadruple what their earnings are and blah, 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 blah. Now, I said that, you know, I was um, having to manage my child and um, I was able to work this and I have plans. and I'm to... They weren't interested, <laughs> you know, because success to them is about the money. Success to me is, it's not this elusive work-life balance. It's about happiness, <laughs> you know, it's about having fun. It's about doing what I enjoy and what I love. And I'm not going to be pushed into doing stuff that I don't want to do. So, you know, I 
work hard, I like to think. Um, success is about knowing that my clients are happy with the work that I do. I'm not a people pleaser, but at the same time, I, I do want my clients to be happy and I want to be able to make them a success in whatever format my working relationship is with them. That is what's really important to me, as well as being able to have time to kind of do stuff for me. So, you know, I set myself a challenge last year to learn to ice skate. So I'm trying to do that. So that's something for me. And I'm trying to make time in my working week every so often to go for a spa treatment. You know, it's about thinking about me and doing stuff for me as well as kind of the business side. Yes, of course, I want to make more money. Who doesn't? But it's not at the expense of the rest of my life and my health. And my health is massive. You know, I um, I do my social media in the evenings, which people might think, why are you doing that? You need to switch off. Actually, for me, my hours in the day are about either doing stuff around the house or doing client work or working on my business. And my evenings are, I'm at home alone, my son's in bed. So that is the perfect opportunity for me to kind of engage. And that's when I have the best conversations with people because for many, they're doing the same. I know it's not ideal. I know I shouldn't encourage it, but it's reality. No, actually. And I think that, I think um, in that is also a good little uh, social media tip <laughs> because, because we do, yes, keep it, keep it to ourselves, Louisa. But we do tend to assume um, that we have to sort of switch off at five or whatever. With, and I, like you, have found that a lot of really good engagement can happen. I'm like you. I'm like you. Uh, to me, it just makes sense in my world. And this is the point. We can't just take on all these messages about what we should and shouldn't do because it's not our world, you know. It's like, you know, I know a lot of people compare themselves and suffer with comparisonitis. I don't. I couldn't care less what someone else is doing. The way that I view it is that I like to, like when we had the chat about your website, I like to think of it as what do I look for when I look at something? How, what, what is it that appeals to me? You know, I had a conversation with someone earlier about their content on, um, on LinkedIn, funnily enough. And I said, but I don't really get what you do based on what you're posting about, you know, for me, and they were saying, you know, they don't want to advertise their prices because they're a coach and they don't, you don't do that in the coaching industry. And I was like, but why not? Why don't you? I want to know if I'm looking at who to go to, what I want to pay, at least set me an expectation, you know, manage those expectations because I'm more likely to contact you Whereas make it harder and I'm not going to do so just because someone says in your industry, oh, you should do this. You should follow this way. Stop that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but, you know, yeah. do what's right for you. Follow what your gut instinct says. And that is what is most important. Sorry, I think I've just digressed completely. But. No, not at all. You've, what you've done is you've more or less given a sort of beautiful, tweetable quote. <laughs> And I will listen back to this and I will make sure I pull that one out amongst other nice little gems that you've given. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, people will get that and, and be relieved to hear somebody like you say that. Um, and I, I think, think there's often, sorry, yeah, I think there's often that, um, that kind of perception that you can't be you and that, you know, there's all these diff, all these amazing people that are going, you must follow this way, you must follow that way, you must do this, you must do that why why can't you stay true to who you are be you you know stay true to who you are stay true to your values remember what's important to you don't get carried away don't change as a result of money you know remember where you came from yeah and it winds me up when people don't 
yeah, yeah, remember, yeah, don't go changing just to please me. That that should be, it should be in there somewhere. I love that. Well. It's so true. Don't go changing just to please me. Yeah, exactly. You have to please yourself because coming back round in the circle, the, the resilience stuff is involved with motivation and all of that will go crumbling if you have, if, if something in the core of you is telling you that you're not being you and you know that is, it's true isn't it absolutely absolutely and it's it's not being afraid to kind of be you and to kind of share stories and like you were saying like at the beginning about the the article i shared and i was just saying to you, you know the other reason was because there are so many subjects which are taboo so like um you know i've spoken previously on linkedin about the fact that i've had miscarriages and again that's a massive taboo and it's like but it's so common unfortunately but it it's a matter of reality isn't it and you know sadly with lots of illnesses and all the rest of it people don't like to talk about them but then it creates that human connection i i think you know i can quite I, okay so you can see the thing can't you, you can see thinking oh oh you can't talk about chronic fatigue and you can't talk about all these things that deplete your energy and that you haven't got because people will assume that you won't have enough this this is me doing it yeah, 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 people will assume you don't have enough energy to um to work with clients then uh louisa that you mustn't you mustn't let them know about that it doesn't matter how tired you are either just you know wait until you're offline everywhere and then collapse um my husband who has rheumatoid arthritis which and he also had chronic fatigue syndrome there's probably a link somewhere god knows what immune thingy isn't there but he was doing quite well paid work consultancy wise project um uh, management up in london he very deliberately is working um for a local place now and cycles to work generally yeah. he's a rock climber he's absolutely so this is you talking about balance he's absolutely determined to carry on doing the rock climbing because it's his real life force yeah. um, and he has taken a cut in salary um but he, it's a nine to five as opposed to all over the shop he can switch off from the ridiculous it's, it's, it's yeah. a institution he can switch off from the ridiculous stuff the politics because that's he's decided where his balance is so he comes away that's it he loves reading he's able to spend time doing that and he manages the tiredness so what do we say that he's a he's a failure because he's walked away from this you know much higher no i'd say it's a blinking strength it's a yeah. i'm impressed with people who do things like that like yourself exactly you know it's again it's that perception that you should be working long hours or you should be doing this or you should be doing that and it's like why should you be doing anything it's about what makes you happy and what understanding what your driving factors are and then kind of making sure or doing all you can to make sure your life kind of fits and it matches up correctly in the right way mm, yeah it just infuriates me you know when assumptions are made and um yeah yeah it's yeah it's like people saying as an actor whenever i say uh, you know uh, about my acting career say oh have you been on television and it, it's like no no I, I was in the audience of question time once i think um, <laughs> i asked a question to make sure i got on camera but no i mean <laughs> 
but basically it's theater 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 so you're not really known um particularly but that was what i i loved still do um but there's the, again the perception oh oh you haven't been on tv so you're not famous so are you really even worth talking about um and on it goes on it goes in all sorts of areas of life and uh with guys i'm sure that, you know that there is this other thing this you know got to be the big who yeah, are in the city like there money all the rest of it. I mean, I, that's a really gender thing i said there but if you go back this is a historical thing and you know they they also what i'm saying here guys and girls is that they also have these pressures and that they're, they're slightly different but we've got the whole um oh you're juggling and then of course you've got the oh now you're not spending enough time with your family um as a woman oh that's hideous you must be a cold you know. absolutely you know it's like the guys that take up paternity um, leave and they become the stay-at-home dads whilst the woman goes out to work and then the perceived perceptions about all that and it, it's just total just ditch all the shoulds and the perceptions and the labels and and just um you know do what do what feels right and be it you know being of use to people in it's actually it's funny because yeah um he used to say I was about the income because I was working with people with dementia doing reminiscence and he's I used to moan I used to say oh god I'm not earning enough money and he was earning a lot and he would say because he's a nice guy look we're a team you know as far as yeah. I'm concerned I'm earning way a stupid amount it doesn't make any sense and you equally are earning a stupid amount the other way down there which doesn't make any sense in terms of value yeah. and so I try to get that into my head but we really fall into that trap so often about money equals value and oh 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 you can't be a decent coach because you're not charging enough I know I know and it's yeah no i perceptions perceptions get me so uh, yeah we've got, uh, we've got a bit uh, listeners now so where, where have we got to so any so do you have any particular um <laughs> do you know what whenever i get to say this i can't say it but i'm gonna say do you have any tips tips louisa but i mean out of all your journey which is huge balance balance is obviously a big thing and then of course balance is what you're also offering um to the to a lot of the clients you work with because you're you're taking a part of what they would be tearing their hair out over and spending way too much time on um and taking that you know and dealing with that nice and quietly and calmly as i suspect you would do because i having worked with you i can sense that it would be quite a relief you think oh that's right louisa's oh, <laughs> breathe um and so you're helping them with their balance do you find this uh resistance to relinquish control is a thing um well i'm a control freak myself um <laughs> So <laughs> I'm a control freak, a perfectionist, have extremely high standards. Um, and throughout my career, um, I've had people kind of say, oh, yeah, you're not quite what we're looking for, but we'll give you a go. And then it's like, you should exceed their expectations, which is good. Um, but I kind of get it. And because obviously I'm a business owner myself, um, it makes a massive difference and I think it depends on um, 
on what aspect of I'm working with clients on. So um, say it's the VA stuff, you know, as I say, I've got a mini team that support my clients. And what happens is that I almost partner the clients and then the associates, um, freelancers, however you want to call them, um, they do the doing. But then I work closely alongside and I think what tends to work quite nicely and also then in more the, in the strategic kind of consultancy sessions is the fact that I, because I've got such a, a vast knowledge and experience of having worked in different industries and with different types of people, it makes a massive difference to kind of talk to someone that's outside of that industry. Uh, you know, to again, it comes back to perspectives, doesn't it? So I've been involved in way too many board meetings to want to stay awake and tell you about, which is also fun when you suffer with tiredness, illnesses that make you tired when you're sat in dull meetings. Um, but I'm able to kind of add value in ways that are possibly different from other people just because of what I've been through from either life or a business, a professional experience, if that makes sense. It makes complete um, sense, yeah. And then like, you know, even from kind of people say to me, so what, I haven't got a clue, like how should I be looking at my working week? And you know, sometimes like in terms of a tip of how to get the balance, it's, there shouldn't be the assumption that you're working Monday to Friday, nine to five, especially if you're a small business owner, you know, if your work best in the evenings, then why can't you start your day at 12? If you're, if you find that your most productive times or say like um, a Wednesday morning, then focus that on whether that's on like your own business or if you find that Tuesday afternoon is a slump time, then make it so that you have conversations with people to kind of get that energy alive. You know, just look at how you split your week. Don't kind of just think you've got to be stuck into that nine to five routine of you have to do emails at this time. You have to do your admin on a Friday afternoon because that's at the end of the week. You know, switch it round so that if there's stuff that you don't enjoy doing, then look to do it first and make it like a challenge to yourself um, so that you've done it. And then you can go and have something as a reward or to go out somewhere, even if it's like half an hour, go and treat yourself to a sandwich or whatever else, you know, break it up. And that's, that all comes from the pacing of learning about chronic fatigue and the, the CBT stuff, because it, it, it kind of made sense. You know, you're supposed to kind of have these proper rest breaks, which obviously I, obviously I uh, adhere to, maybe not. Um, but it's looking at how I break up tasks. So say if I, like today, um, I've been doing a lot of research for a client and then pulling together some uh, images and creating some content and stuff for them. But I know if I do that for longer than 45 minutes an hour, I'll get bored, should I say that? But then I know that based on the deadline of when it's got to be done by, I kind of switch it up and I do it varying parts throughout the week. Because then the time frame that they want spent on a piece of work will still be done during that time frame, but it's in a way that's kind of most productive so that I don't get yeah. bored and I know that the quality is going to be there. And then because I'm such a subconscious reflector and I can't help it, I'll have started doing stuff on like say a Monday morning, for example. And then on, I know come the Wednesday, something will just randomly pop into my head and I'll get a bout of inspiration. And I'll go back to doing that piece of work because I yeah. know when the deadline is and it kind of flows really nicely. And I think that's the way to look at it is, you know, if um, I've seen a lot of posts recently about 
um, when you how to work best or when you want to have those creative inspirational moments I find that if I sit down at my desk and I want to come up with something I can't do it and it's not about going for a walk or any of that or going to work somewhere else it's about doing it when the inspiration strikes so um, I have a new program or new mentoring service coming out and well, you should mention that I was just going to as we were beginning to wrap up I was going to ask you about that well, I've been trying to um, come up with the content and I kind of been shifting it around lots. But then inspiration struck and I knew that the stuff that I had to do for clients didn't have to be done that day. So I was able to kind of focus my time mm. and I basically wrote the document in an hour, something like that. And it's the same like my website content or social media posts. You know, I do it when the inspiration strikes. I don't force it. And I think too many people feel that they have to set aside an hour. They're going to do brainstorming on their own in an hour when actually they then struggle and they procrastinate. Mm. And what have you achieved? Nothing. And then it kind of the procrastination continues for the rest of that day because you're thinking, oh, damn, I wanted to do that. So it. It, it's just about reassessing how you structure your time. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that makes complete sense. After what's the point of being self-employed? Duh. Um, so, yeah. Now, as we wrap up, you mentioned so people might want to know a little bit more about your new mentoring um, offering. So, where where would they find it's out a about that? Service without a name. <laughs> it hasn't got a name yet, has it? No, because no, the inspiration hasn't struck yet. <laughs> well, should I say, sorry, it has struck at times. And then I stupidly referred to our good friend, John Asperian, who has then sl slaughtered the ideas. <laughs> John, John will listen to this. I know, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, that is just brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry, I've forgotten we're doing a podcast interview. Um, right, so people... So the service is, yes. basically, um, so last year I um, had a service where it was two sessions um, linked to mentoring. And what I found was that the sessions are fine, but it, it didn't hit the spot in the right way. I mean, some people did take it on board, others didn't, blah, 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 blah. And everyone said it was good. But I, over time and through the development of my own business of the different types of work I was doing, I realized that there was a misconnect um, between how people feel they should be and versus the reality and then being afraid to be, be them. So something I have to say is be you. And it's a, so this new service, it's going to be six sessions and it's going to be digging into the detail of understanding a person, their values, what makes them tick as like the first session, um, just getting to know them. And then the second session is kind of, okay, well, how do you want to be perceived online? Predominantly on LinkedIn. So, you know, it's looking up their LinkedIn existence, their profile, their summary, and joining those, those dots in many ways um, and discussing and brainstorming ideas and then there's going to be like accountability sessions as well so there'll be three accountability sessions and again they're kind of like more brainstorming and just giving ideas and what i found last year was that people got quite emotional because there's all these free programs or these group masterclasses, but it's not bespoke whereas kind of the difference for what i offer it's bespoke to the individual i actually listen to what they need and i pick up um and think about it from a user experience as well and how they're being perceived again perceptions 
um, because a lot of advice that is given that's out there, it's a one size fits all approach. And I don't agree with that. I don't want to be pigeonholed and I don't think anyone else should be. And when you see content which is mass produced in in other words, it's all coming across as being the same style, the same structure, the same format, the same posts on a on a Wednesday, on a Friday. Everyone's suddenly putting out these sales posts all at the same time, and they've never done anything before. Or on a Monday, they're all doing that. Hi, my name's Louisa, and I do this. Blah 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 blah. So my approach is a little bit different. It's about understanding the individual, understanding their values, understanding a bit more about their business, and. The principles of what we talk about can be applied to other areas of their business so their website um you know we can touch upon that and, and it's just kind of a lot more bespoke yeah 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 i'm i'm a bespoke kind of girl myself so um completely with you on that so um i can hear the police siren outside that's clearly them so for goodness sakes wrap up this podcast interview treasure oh here they come right. so louisa Van Vessem is on LinkedIn and beautifully engaging and interesting on LinkedIn. So I would suggest you go and check her out there. I'll put all the links obviously with the notes when this episode comes out. Um, and your website is, what is your website? Um, so the, the current one, which is more for VA services, but it has some other stuff on there. It's workflowva.com. Mm. Um, and then the new one is um, under the new name of Workflow Virtual, which hasn't officially been launched yet. Okay. okay. But there again, just make sure you're connected with her. Um, and you. LinkedIn is my happy place. LinkedIn is the happy place. Yeah, me too. That's, uh, I, huh, I'm not even paid by LinkedIn. I keep going on about how good they are. Jeez. Oh, I know. So um, that's, we'll, we'll, yet again, yet again, and this keeps happening to me, Louisa. Um, I can't believe that. <laughs> in a situation where I'm going to literally I will have to have you come back again because because there's so many stuff and just even one of those little things that we talked about we could spend a whole podcast episode really digging down on so happy listeners out there you'll get more of Louisa at some stage in the future stay tuned as they say and thank you so much for um for this time and uh sharing and all of that no, thank you so so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure bye <laughs> yes take action try this one small step there's a load you could do um have a have a listen back to the podcast again but one quick action tip how about looking at the way your week your days your hours are generally flowing and get rid of any shoulds or defaults or this is the normal way we do things and actually work out when you work best and find your happy balance. A lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be ready.